thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hello there, wonderful listeners from wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on social media. Oh, Ash, that was so smooth. Good job. You can find us on social media. <laughs> so we are The Wellness Women. So facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women. Uh, and on Instagram, we are at The Wellness Women Official. I am The Period Whisperer on Facebook and Dr. Andrea.exo on Instagram. And Dr. Ashley is Dr. Ashley Bond on everything, which is really nice and simple. Ladies, make sure you have subscribed to us on iTunes or whatever podcast uh, sort of app that you are using. It is always free for you to download every single week. Um, And please give us a five-star rating if you feel like we deserve it because that's really how we help to get the message out to um, all of our amazing listeners. And we love you. Uh, All right. I think that that's enough of my intro now. Ash, how are you doing? (laughs) Well, so much better in our house this week. We're uh, finally just got past the dreaded croup and head colds and snot and slime and all the things that uh, children are so good at doing. So it's been an interesting week, that's for sure. Actually, not a week. It's been, uh, it's kind of like domino effect. You know, one falls and everyone starts falling. And of course, mum being last, uh, I managed to survive long enough to get the boys through it and then I was like ah okay and I lost my voice last week which is really just telling me something like slow the heck down and uh, take a break I think so definitely (laughs) I'm trying to do that how about you are you are you are you having a little bit of a health expression as well you feel like you're (laughs) on the up 
Uh, I definitely feel like I'm on the up now. Um, I definitely crashed and burned for a couple of days there, but my immune system's doing pretty good. Uh, I am pretty impressed with how quickly I have turned this around. Um, we, I know we both sounded pretty croaky when we were uh, on the podcast earlier this week with Jordana Levin. That was great. Um, but, you know, you and I were struggling with that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I think it's just like this is direct effect of just, you know, our lifestyles when we're burning the candle at both ends obviously ash a lot of that is unavoidable for you particularly when you know you've got all if he's sick and he's not sleeping then you know your immune system is supposed to be lower when that's happening um and we are we actually have planned to do a full podcast on this to teach you all our tips and tricks and all of our secret um i guess wellness and immune boosting things that we do yeah, and look, a lot of people will think, oh, but I never get sick. There's nothing wrong with getting sick. It's about how well you recover. You know, it's the bounce back. It's the the recovery rate which determines um, what I call health expression. You know, you say the same thing because it's it's just that. And we'll talk about why it's actually good to get, you know, a health expression sometimes and, and how uh, you can bounce back faster and better. And, you know, what we really uh, here in Australia, unfortunately, the media has just gone um, hell for leather promoting certain uh, ways of avoiding illness, which which uh, generally includes some form of injection. So we really want to try and talk to people about how to, to bumper and buffer their, their health without uh, reaching for, uh, I guess, pharmacological intervention where possible. So, ladies, that kind of leads us on today's show because this is another example of something that um, you can take medication and you can do all these things. But if you don't address underlying lifestyle causes and you don't get to the root cause of the concern, then you actually can never be fully well. So today we're going to have a chat to you about uh, metformin because obviously a lot of our listeners, you know, might be listening today and have uh, this particular challenge as well, just as I did in my history. So if you ever listen to, you know, anything that's talked about my background, um, this was something that was proposed to me too. And we're talking about the pharmaceutical known as metformin and it's commonly prescribed for women with polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, um, but it's also there used commonly for type 2 diabetes, which is an interesting conversation I had with a patient today. Um, and he was just telling me about, you know, he's on metformin and cholesterol-lowering drugs, statins and um, a couple of other things. And what struck me as convenient for this conversation today was you can't medicate your way out of a condition your lifestyle got you into. Um, and this is such a challenge when it comes to women with fertility, isn't it, Andrea? Because sometimes it's really hard to feel any sense of responsibility, particularly when we feel as though, you know, our mothers had it and our grandmothers had it, as would my family history indicate. So therefore, it's not my fault. I just have it. Um, but when we look down to the root cause of what, you know, I guess, the underlying causes of things like PCOS, unfortunately, you know, as far as the research suggests at the moment, whilst we might alleviate symptoms in some way, it is certainly not solving or reversing PCOS as far as uh, the research shows at this stage. Yeah, exactly. It's something that's used in addition to, but it definitely doesn't fix PCOS. And it depends on the type of PCOS that you actually have as to whether or not metformin will even be, I guess, indicated. Um, but I think that all women with irregular periods and, you know, maybe some symptom picture that goes with PCOS are kind of all painted with the exact same brush. Um, and I think that's just, I, I think that's how, you know, classic sort of Western medicine really works, that if you have a collection of symptoms that make sense, that fit into this box, then you get this diagnosis that 
then should be, I guess, medicated with this protocol of things that should work. And if you don't fit into that, then you kind of get made to fit into that box. Ash, were you ever, um, I know with your PCOS diagnosis, did they ever try and push metformin your way? Yes, um, I had two options, the pill and metformin. <laughs> so, well, exactly. It's usually that's I, the, the combo, right? That's the duo. Yeah. Yeah, and they were never, you know, there was no um, ever a conversation about lifestyle or the fact that I'm, you know, a high-performing athlete and my diet is a direct, you know, effect on this insulin resistance. Um, there was never a discussion about food, diet, lifestyle. It was just take the pill to regulate your cycle and take metformin to lower your risk of becoming type 2 diabetic um so it was a very interesting uh experience to be told those two things and me never really taking a panadol wasn't going to start taking both the pill and metformin um I did take the pill, but, you know, in retrospect, I wished I'd known more because I would have made different choices. But, hey, that's the journey that got us here. It's probably part of the reason why, you know, you and I are so passionate about um, our conversations about women's health because both of us have a journey. You know, you've got your autoimmune background. I've got, you know, this fertility, reproductive, PCOS stuff. And I think together that makes us a very good combination to talk about such a broad range of women's health conditions because, like a lot of ladies, you just go around the rat wheel until finally something goes this isn't right. <laughs> this yeah. doesn't make sense. This isn't working for me. Or if it is working for me um, and I want to have kids, I can't stay on this forever and have children. But if I come off the pill, what happens to my cycle? You know, like just that constant, I guess, uh, collision of, of thoughts about how to get well. Um, so, you know, one of my big gripes was that metformalin, as far as, you know, they suggested only works as long as you take it, um, which means that I'm basically a victim to big pharma. I have to stay on a drug for the rest of my life. And I remember just thinking at, you know, 19, that just doesn't seem like a life that I want. <laughs> I need to find a better solution. And that's pretty insightful as a 19-year-old because usually at that age we are like, give me the quickest fix and the easiest thing and off I go. <laughs> so um, that is pretty amazing. And the reason why they prescribe metformin uh, for women who have PCOS or for diabetes and it's um, usually brand names. Um, it's, it's called things like you might have heard it as Dibex or Glucophage. Um, you might have heard it being called and it works by increasing the, the number of muscle or fat cells um, doesn't increase the muscles or fat cells. That would be very interesting, but increases the insulin receptors in the muscle and the fat cells. So when we have insulin resistance, that is where our poor little cells have burnt out um, or the receptors on the cells have burnt out. They cannot bring any more insulin or any more sugar into the cell to use it as energy. Um, and that is what happens when we've got too high blood sugars for too long. And this is a lifestyle, like it's a lifestyle effect. So it's from really crappy food choices, so processed carbohydrates, um, too much sugar. It's not enough weight-bearing exercise. And, you know, obviously our stress um, sort of factors into that as well. Uh, the insulin resistance is not caused by our hormones. It's the insulin resistance that, that causes changes to our ovaries that then changes our hormones. So it's kind of a downstream effect that, that happens. So what metformin does is it allows for more insulin sensitivity 
so that it decreases those blood sugar levels. Um, so it makes us more hypoglycemic, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. Um, and it does, you know, it does do that. It, it is really effective for that. And I think that my biggest concern with metformin and ash, um, I'm sure that you share this as well, is that there's lots and lots of research coming out about it as being this new like wonder drug that they're touting as um, you know helping with anti-aging and anti-cancer and um, you know it's helping to low blood pressure and all sorts of different things. And um, yes, if it's attenuating the way that your body processes blood sugar, then certainly it's going to have some other um, you know effects of that but it's not a direct result of the metformin this is because your blood sugar levels are lowering that it's lower it could potentially be lowering you know your risks of inflammation and cancer and you know heart disease and all of those sorts of things but there's also so many other ways to do that purely with diet and exercise as well um, and it concerns me that people aren't willing to do the work <laughs> And I think that's the challenge, isn't it? We, we all want the quick fix, but um, when it comes down to things like polycystic ovaries, when it comes down to type 2 diabetes, at some point we have to accept full responsibility for ourselves and our health. And I think that's where it's really challenging today because we want to pass that responsibility to someone else and say, hey, um, fix me. You know, like here I am, just give me something and, and fix me. But as you mentioned, that there's that downstream effect and these discussions don't center enough about okay well what if you put this metformin into the system and I call the body an ecosystem right because whatever you do to one part you do to the whole so you can't just you know affect insulin receptors and think it does nothing else to your body um there was a study in 2016 by a rotor and uh and co et al i always look at that and go i want to say you know a rotor and co dot uh, et al because i always used to i hate that et dot a dot l um but essentially what they were talking about is study findings is that metformin can actually be harmful to fertility because it depletes vitamin b12 levels um and so you know <laughs> there's that knockout effect straight away and if anyone who knows about vitamin b12 we know that's essential for pregnancy um and obviously to reduce risks of preterm birth and birth weight and things like that so um you can't just take something and think there's no other consequence of that and unfortunately finding out the hard way that you know whilst there's great benefits to all of these things there's for example another another study was looking at how does it in fact result in more babies being born because you know it says the consequence of improved fertility and the reality is it's not resulting in more babies being born it does increase pregnancy rates so you think well that's good right Interesting. Yeah. Uh -huh. yes can you see where i'm going with this yes so more women are getting pregnant true but not more women are carrying babies to full term and having children so what they're suggesting and surmising from the data is that it's involved in an increased incidence of miscarriage. Um, so that's a bit of a concern, isn't it? When we think about the, you know, the physical and the emotional toll yeah. that miscarriage takes on a woman, um, only to be, to be told you're taking a drug that actually is supposed to help you. Um, so, you know, it's that's a double-edged that, sword, isn't it? Yes, so absolutely. It's the prescription to reduce or to improve your insulin sensitivity, which should hopefully 
give you a little bit more hormonal balance to allow you to conceive. But because it's depleting your vitamin B12 levels, it's affecting... Plus a lot of other factors. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's going to be affecting that conception um, ability in the first place. And the other thing that concerns me is when your B12 goes down, that can increase your risk of, you know, all the things like pernicious anemia. So that can have a neurological impact as well. Um, so yes. that can increase you know, those neuropathies where you lose, um, I guess, the, the sensitivity of the nerve endings and those sorts of things and um, you, you know, your nervous system is your communication highway. That is so, so essential. Um, and then so that is obviously affecting the quality of either the eggs, the ability for, um, you know, the embryo to go through implantation and everything else or just any of those you know, really important steps along the way that leads to, you know, life birth. So, oh, that's really interesting. And of course, you know, ladies, if you listen to us, we're, we're big on the science. We love to try and keep things up to date. So, you know, as we have this discussion today, who knows, a year or two from now, we'll have another discussion, which may yeah. supersede or outdate this discussion. But talking about, you know, updated in 2013, there was a study and the outcomes of that study are that metformin is beneficial for improving menstrual irregularities, but it is limited or has no benefit in treating hertuosism, acne, or infertility. This is published in the Endocrine Society Clinical Practice Guidelines. And so they're sort of suggesting that, um, unfortunately, it's taking a long time to filter through clinical practice, um, such evidence like this, because the way in which it's still being prescribed is distributed as the, I guess, the golden egg that's going to fix uh, all of these concerns. So, um, yeah. You know, exactly. in keeping with best practice, we should be informed about this at the very minimum. I think that's probably where we're going today is to say that uh, as long as you're being informed about this and still making an informed choice to take metformin, then that's fantastic. If it works for you and it suits your needs, then that's an amazing thing. But if you're not being told about this, if you're not having this conversation or you haven't heard, you know, these facts or these citations to studies before, then it's definitely worth diving a little deeper and asking more questions. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of professionals may not have this information quite simply because being told metformin's great and they take that on face value. Potentially, they've been approached by the pharmaceutical company that produces it to, yeah. you know, give them all the benefits and all the data, which on paper looks amazing. It really does look like the golden egg is going to save everyone from, you know, like you mentioned, Andrea, the, 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 the diabetes, the cancer, the polycystic yeah. ovaries, all of the, you know, inflammatory-related conditions related to insulin issues. Um, but the reality is it's not quite that clear cut. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's been fascinating for me to sort of look at things like that. We were having a chat this week, actually, we we're looking at, you know, some of the data as well, um, issues around menopause and Alzheimer's. Well, metformin falls into this as well, that there's certain adverse effects of metformin um, and there's evidence saying to suggest it may increase risk of Alzheimer's disease. So, we shouldn't be just taking these medications lightly and thinking that they're perfectly safe. Now, I know that we've said all of this and I also know that there's going to be a lot of our patients who are listening who are taking metformin and don't worry yes. because I know that we are managing this with you. So this is not something you need to... Um, you know, all of a sudden just stop taking or freaking out about because we, we will go through that process with you. So don't worry. And because we do want to always try and give you the most evidence-based information that we can and irrespective of what our opinions are of, you know, just medicating your way out of, you know, sometimes lifestyle choices, um, I think it's important for us to present balanced information too. So in saying all of this, 
There have been studies, and this is why within the functional medicine community, sometimes they do actually prescribe metformin um, or they'll prescribe, you know, Dybex or Glucophage because it's been shown that even though it's commonly used to treat diabetes or PCOS, um, it has actually been shown to alter the gut microbiome. So it increases the abundance of certain beneficial microbes, um, including things like bifidobacterium bifidum. Uh, and it also showed that there was another study that if you transplant the fecal material from humans who receive metformin into germ-free mice, that they have an improved glucose tolerance. Um, so it's suggesting that, you know, not only that the microbiome has like is responsible for part of augmenting that therapeutic effect, so it's the metformin's interaction with the microbiome um, that. But it's just it's an interesting thing to kind of look at, and it's very much like surface level. So we can't take that just at face value, and we'd need to really dig into the research and really understand why that is the case. Um, and there is certainly um, some interesting anti aging and longevity effects of metformin. And I think that that is because it is improving insulin sensitivity um, plus, you know, obviously your um, heart disease risk factors and those sorts of things. So there are some quote-unquote longevity experts who are taking metformin um, off-label for, I guess, those purposes to get the longevity effects of it. I think it's definitely too soon to be doing those sorts of things. I don't think it's been around for long enough. I don't think we have enough information to conclusively go down that route and say that, yes, it'll absolutely improve lifespan and ageing and everything else. Um, but I just thought that that was interesting. Um, and there is a study that came out in July 2018, which I think is actually really interesting, um, that shows that metformin actually makes exercise harder. So there's some evidence that shows that metformin actually attenuates your aerobic capacity, which kind of is almost like counterintuitive because on one hand, exercise is what really improves uh, your insulin um, sensitivity and everything else. That's one of the, the best and easy ways to rebuild better insulin receptors and make your body more insulin sensitive. Whereas when taking the metformin, it actually decreases that capacity um, through exercise. So um, I'm, that, I'm just kind of putting a bit of a question mark around that because that worries me. Um, because, you know, when you're taking metformin, then some of your other lifestyle factors that you want to be improving because you, I, you would not want to be on that drug forever, surely. Um, and then, you know, that makes one of the most important things so much harder. That's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, it's, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because I, I know so many women who credit metformin to such an improvement in their life. Um, however, it's really interesting and I've, I've occasionally challenged the question of when you took metformin, did you make any other changes at all? Because, you know, just I'm just curious. It's the scientist in me wanting to know, well, which factors in particular were the, the driving change? And so often these women also improved their eating habits. Mm -hmm. They did some exercise. So, you know, it's really hard to assess or gauge the impact of metformin um, because they were already doing some really great things to help improve their insulin sensitivity and insulin handling. So, um I guess, you know, to be truly <laughs> objective in this, you'd really want to just do a study where you just take metformin or if you're a person, take metformin and change nothing else in your lifestyle um, 
And then at other times, no metformin and just change your lifestyle and see, you know, really how much change you experience. Because I'm a big believer that if we can change our diet, you know, by improving our nutrition intake, by balancing any micro deficiencies, any, you know, nutrient issues, um, decreasing any toxicity and any excess issues regarding, you know, gut health. So restoring the health from the inside out through food, diet, nutrition, um, and then also increasing, like you mentioned, Andrea, aerobic capacity through exercise, fitness, and lifestyle, um, we really are more than halfway there just with those changes alone. And then you really can see whether or not something like metformin is truly what you need to be able to, I guess, live better. Um, Awesome. I, I'm really glad I didn't. I think that's probably, I guess, where I came from too was that he, if I had have done that, it may have changed the insulin issue, but I would still have been eating my banana honey sandwiches at races. I'd have still been eating a bag of, you know, glucose snakes before competition, during competition. I'd have still been drinking Gatorade and all of those things um, because I would not have understood the links between my diet and my insulin sensitivity concerns. So, you know, I was really grateful for it. You know, I, I call my mentor, my teacher, chiropractor, who um, as a student I was seeing at that time, um, you know, being mentored by and working for at times. And he was just like, I'm not going to tell you how to fix this. Just go and look up, you know, insulin resistance, um, PCOS and stop winching. You can fix this. And it was just that kind of like really flippant um, thing. And I know it didn't get through straight away because then I'd still ask the same questions. It's like, if you put this much effort into figuring out your health as you do your training for your sport, you'd be killing it right now. Just like go Isn't back to basics. So interesting. And that question, um, right? Like if yeah. you were to put like, and whatever it might be for us um, or for anybody listening, if you were to put that much effort into your health and your lifestyle as you do maybe some other areas and that's to create balance, right? And a Imagine yeah. where you would be. Oh, yeah, that's a goodie. I like that. Yeah, so you know, so that's that's um that's the big challenge with PCOS or you know, with the prescription of metformin. Um, I guess I always ask women if there was if you knew you could get the same results and it was gonna take you a little longer and it required you to take a little work, but you didn't have to stay on this drug forever, would you be willing to do it? And you know, I have never had someone say, Well, no, because they I guess we don't really want to stay on medications. I think anyone listening to this show, if you can avoid it, I know you're a smart, intelligent, you know, well-educated woman listening to us. You want to know how to take control of your life and health. Exactly. And that usually means not being reliant upon whatever it is. Um, and in this case, we're talking about, you know, a pharmaceutical, but I believe, I really believe in you. And I really believe that you can do that but you have to be committed to the change. You really have to be committed to, you know, eliminating the sugars and the dairy and things that cause inflammation. I really love why, you know, our 28-day hormone reset is so successful because this is an area which we can absolutely nail with that reset. Yeah. Um, this is an area of health where when you get on board and you dive into our 28-day reset and you do the program and then you continue those um, recommendations and those guides beyond 28 days, um, imagine, you know, where you'll be in three months or six months and 12 months and well, I, mean, I guess our ladies on the program are proof of where you'll be um, there's incredible changes so um that's the confidence we have in saying that you can fix this uh, with a natural approach meaning that you don't have to take um, medication 
Yeah, absolutely. And there are other things that you can use as well um, just to support your system along the way. While we are improving that insulin sensitivity, if you do have that chronic insulin resistance, you know, you've got that metabolic syndrome, you're on the way to type 2 diabetes, there are actually things that have been shown to be comparable to metformin. Um, So one of those is berberine. So um, there's been pilot studies that have shown that berberine is a really potent um, hypoglycemic agent that also has really beneficial effects for like lipid metabolism. So also lowering, um, you know, like all of the cardiovascular risk factors as well. Um, and this, and its ability to improve your insulin sensitivity was comparable to metformin. How amazing is that? So that, that's just that fantastic. Yep. And then there was on, um, there's been ongoing studies that also show, show this is experimental and clinical trials that just berberine has such a great potential to regulate glucose and your lipids, cancer growth and inflammation. Um, and the lipid lowering effects of um, berberine is comparable to conventional lipid drugs like, you know, your statins with less toxicity. Um, and this was published in really reputable medical journals as well. And I'll post the links for that online because I think that's something like that's really important to consider. Um, berberine traditionally was used um, as an antimicrobial and it does have antimicrobial effects on the gut. So that is something to be really um, mindful of. But you can use it at doses where it can be you know, really helpful, really beneficial. Um, and I do use this a lot with my patients because it's just brilliant um, at, you know, to get to a certain point and then allowing them um, to, you know, just really nail the diet and lifestyle changes, which should absolutely be doable when it comes to insulin resistance as well. Okay, so let's go through some of those um, lifestyle facts. We've talked so much about exercise. Um, and we're not just <laughs> yeah, I think that, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do the summary. I think, ladies, if you like, you know, if you really want alternatives to metformin, if you really want some IDs, even if you don't come off metformin, let's say you stay on metformin, but what are some of the lifestyle factors you can actually make genuine root cause changes to your body with? Because metformin doesn't, it's not a root cause change. Mm, yeah. I think this is the, the misguidance we're, we're receiving is that if you take this, this will be fixed. But the reality is, if you come off this, then it comes back again. So that's not root cause, is it? Exactly. So when we're looking at root cause, let's have a look at some of the factors we can incorporate into our diet, our lifestyle, some supplementation, um, some things will actually address root cause of the reason why we start to be introduced to things like metformin. And that's all down to the balancing blood sugar levels. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. So, so you mentioned berberine. That's a fantastic, berberine. fantastic place to be. Um, yep. Exercise. And the reason being weight bearing exercise, exercise improves, um, builds up your little GLUT4 receptors, which is like another pathway for glucose to be used within the cell. So it improves your insulin sensitivity. We're not just saying it just because you've got to get your butts moving, but because it has a direct impact on your insulin sensitivity. Um, so that's exercise. Um, obviously, lowering your processed carbohydrate intake and anything that's going to give you a blood sugar spike including all of those lollies and chocolate and all of that sort of stuff which I think should be hopefully fairly obvious but you know sometimes we do need those good reminders uh, and it has a ketogenic type diet has been shown to be fairly beneficial for women who do have insulin resistance um, I don't like them doing it for too long but just to flick that switch I think is a really good thing 
Um, what other uh, sleep? Obviously, really good sleep um, is going to be so important because that's going to make sure that your leptin hormones are absolutely spot on so that you're properly satiated so that you're not going to be craving all that sugar after every single meal. Uh, what else, Ash? I'm a big fan of using things that I guess when I say tricked the brain, things like cinnamon, chromium picolinate, you want to use things that um, help to suppress your sugar cravings. So that need for sweetness. And if we can suppress cravings and deal with that, then we're going to be making better food choices um, because more often than not, we reach for the sugars when we're feeling tired and fatigued and we want that quick fix, you know, fuel burn so that we can get through the afternoon um, or get up in the morning, whatever time of day we're feeling flat. So it's a vicious cycle because, you know, if we do succumb to those cravings, do eat the wrong foods, it doesn't support our hormonal health. It certainly doesn't support our insulin sensitivity um, and blood blood sugar balance. And of course, from there, we're dealing with you know excess calories. Obviously, the more body mass we have, the more effect that has on our hormonal chemistry, and it becomes that really vicious self defeating cycle. So, if we can, I guess, handle the cravings, um, and I, this is where I think you know mindfulness and meditation, even things like yoga, can really help to just become more self aware so we don't succumb to <laughs> I guess the um, yeah. the primitive drive like I must have sugar I need sugar now um, we've got to learn ways to manage that, uh, that and that's exactly that, what it's like uh, as well yeah we totally get it we really do um, I know you probably use this a lot more than I've recommended you've always recommended um, Inositol, the inositol, yep, uh, yep. Um, inositol, myinositol um, is absolutely brilliant for insulin resistance, mm. um, and p- mm. works particularly well with women with PCOS. Yeah, so that's, I mean, they're great again, right? And then fibre, you know, increased fibre in the diet, um, better digestion, better elimination, improving hormonal balance, better, you know, regulation is always going to have a feedback of making better choices, which leads to, you know, a reduction of uh, us taking in you know, sugar. <laughs> so um, for me, it's, you were it's say about. You're going to another uh, S word then, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you said that on my lips, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> um, so look, I, I really think that if we can even just nail a couple of those things, we're so much ahead of where we were if we didn't incorporate any of those changes. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the, the standard lifestyle advice we give all our ladies, anyone who's got any hormonal issues, whether it be blood sugar balance, whether it be, you know, any sort of sex reproduction, hormone issues is increase your dark green leafy vegetables, increase your fiber intake, increase your water intake, um, you know, decrease your exposure to toxins, um, decrease the exposure to endocrine disrupting compounds, chemicals and hormones. Um, it just, you know, like it's really, it works. It really works if you can do all these things. And I know ladies, it's hard because I've been there. <laughs> I'm still there really because right now I'll, I'll share that we're trying for a second child and we're not getting anywhere at the moment which is kind of frustrating because um the first time around I'd spent so much time effort and energy getting my my hormones and my diet and my lifestyle and everything in balance and you know whether it be just good luck or whether it be a combination of everything but we did conceive naturally the first time and that was just like wow someone's like validation of all the good things I've been doing that you know came to success. That was not good luck Ash that was 
all of your hard work and your efforts that had paid off. Absolutely. Yeah. And yet here we are second time round. And whilst I'm doing as much as I can, I just know there's so many gaps, you know, I can't sleep more than I can. I'm being woken up multiple times a night. It's, you know, some of those food choices are not as simple as they used to be because I'm running on, you know, low fuel, low energy, trying to deal with life as mum, you know, working. So I really do get it. And I really understand how hard it is. And I really do understand why sometimes it just seems easier to, to go and do something like take metformin um, but we also know that that's not the only way to, to move you forward so ladies if you're having a tough time if you're thinking that this is really the only way if you're thinking that you're sitting there going yeah but I've already taken metformin and it's working fine for me please just don't underestimate the power you have to make the lifestyle changes that really do get down to that root cause um, you know we're, we're here to support you we, we try and give you the best information so you can always make good choices um, I wish we could do it for you sometimes because sometimes I feel really strong and I'm like I wish I could just do this for all these ladies I would, I'd love to sit and get the benefits but we can't do that work for you we can only just give you a kick up the backside when you need it and you know some inspiration when you need it and hopefully plan support online as well so don't forget to join us uh, you know in Facebook and things like that if you ever have concerns or questions shoot us an email, let us know, um, ask the questions so that we can help you further. Awesome. Thanks, Ash. That is great. Um, and uh, I am hoping that you'll keep us updated on your fertility journey. And when we stop this recording, we're going to talk more about that as well. <laughs> we can do a little yeah, don't, don't even think I've told you. And here, here we are just start unloading to the whole, <laughs> our whole tribe. But that, um, that you were trying, which is super exciting, but uh, we'll talk more yeah. Oh, look, and I think this is the journey. Just we, you know, we, we live our truths, ladies. I think you probably figured that out pretty quickly, you know, when you listen to us that um, we put our hearts on our sleeves. We, we share our journeys and our stories, um, not for a pity party, but just to let you know that life is real and this is how it is. And yeah. we're on a journey. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are or how much you know, there's always part of the journey that has its, um, has its challenges. And that's kind of like, I loved, you know, when we we're chatting to um, Jordana this week, it was really, something resonated with me was this concept of ebb and flow you know when we're in the flow we sometimes forget to appreciate how how much work it takes to get into that space of you know the that's the high point in life when everything seems to just be going great. And all of a sudden we hit that ebb, that drawback, the tide pulls back and we're like, oh, what have I done wrong? How is this all happening? Um, but really it's just all, you know, balance. It's all harmony. It's just you can't have one without the other. So um, ladies, for the challenge you're experiencing, you know, we wish it was different right now, but just remember there's always flow. Flow does come and you will be able to get there. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together so that um, you give your body a chance, you know, from the inside out, you heal yourself from within. Um, um, yeah, I guess that's that's all I want to say. I think that is such a beautiful message to end on is just that you, you heal yourself with it from within. And I think the quote of the episode, Ash, is that you can't medicate your way out of something that your lifestyle created. Um, that is so, so true. Um, so, ladies, we hope that you've loved this episode of Wellness Women Radio, all about the pros and cons of metformin. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, remember, our social media is uh, The Wellness Women on Facebook and The Wellness Women Official on Instagram. You are listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are The Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrew Huddleston. We are raising the bar on women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boss the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.